Well, it is so awesome to be in God's house tonight. Amen. Amen. I was praying and just seeking God, and I always seek the Lord for a message. And um, he kind of led me in a direction. I want you to turn with me to Revelation chapter 2. And I'm going to do a little teaching tonight, teaching, preaching. Sister Skiles says, you, you start out teaching and end up preaching. So, you know, start out with just teaching the Word of God. But um, no matter how it's delivered or how it comes out, it comes out. Amen. And so I'm thankful for God's Word. And uh, one thing's for certain is I don't ever want to be boring. And so I'll make sure I keep it upbeat and alive. Amen. Praise the Lord. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. And, uh, uh, and this is what the scripture says in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. He said, and this is, of course, Jesus speaking to John the Beloved while he was on the Isle of Patmos. And he was put there because I can tell you they couldn't kill him. They tried to boil him in oil and uh, make him a martyr, but he, he didn't die. Amen. If, if God's not done with you, there's not a devil in hell that can kill you. There's not an army that can take you out. There's not a giant that can take you out. But that's not my message tonight. But I'm just telling you, John was on the Isle of Patmos, exiled there in a place where it was quiet. He was by himself. And the Bible says that God began to speak to him there. And he had all of these visions and revelations that came, a revelation uh, that came. And he wrote it all down. And so, and, and just so you know, the, one of the very first scriptures that you should consider, and I'm not going to, I'm not preaching on this particular tonight, but this is going to, uh, I believe, truly give you a exhort tonight. But in chapter 1, verse 3, said, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. That is the the message in the hour, listen to God's word. Remember these words of the prophecy and keep them. Understand that God gave us the word of God so we know where we're living and we know what's going on and we know how to respond in that hour. But the message tonight is out of Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. And it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, Will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God? And the, the, the main part of the scripture that I want you to get tonight is, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. I thank you for the study of the word, for every resource that you've given me, and revelation and thought. And God, I pray as I begin to break open the bread of life tonight and I begin to preach this, that you will help me, God, to just move and and with fluidity, God, and with clarity, God, and with ease, begin to preach under an anointing. I ask you right now for an anointing that will make preaching effective, teaching effective, and God will give you all the glory for it's your glory, Lord, that we want to bring and we want to honor you for your glory and praise you. And we ask your blessing upon this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you read the message to the churches or the letter to the three to the churches in the second and third chapter of Revelation, you're going to see seven different times in verse 11, in verse 17, in verse 29 of chapter 1. Of course, we read verse 7, so that's four different passages. And then in chapter 3 is in verse 6, verse 13, and verse 22 is the same phrase. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. You're going to hear that seven times. And tonight, I'm teaching this particular thought. He that has an ear, let him hear. And reading this, I noticed that the statement was spoken To every one of the churches, as I said, seven times it was spoken. Every church. And I'm not going to get into the depth of what these churches stood for. It's a message to every age. It's a message to us today. Every one of these churches, if you read and go through, whether it was a rebuke or a commendation unto them, it's something that we're to take and for ourselves and apply.
apply it to our lives. But if you'll, you'll see here that he says the same statement to every church. It was the statement that qualified someone who was an overcomer or who was postured to be an overcomer. He said, if you will hear what the Spirit is saying, you can overcome. In other words, you're not going to overcome if you don't hear what the Spirit is saying. So we have to have a spiritual ear that is in tune. It's of grave importance that we have a spiritual ear. And it's the final message. I want you to take this into consideration consideration. It's the final message to the churches. Have a receptive ear. Have a spiritual ear. It's not a cliche. Uh, it's a uh, It's not a cliche that's repetitive, but it's, it is an important statement for us in the time that we're living in. You got to see where it's at in the Bible. You got to see who he's talking to, and it's us, and what he's saying, and see read the language there and say, you know what, I'm going to take this and I'm going to hear what the Spirit is saying to me. I'm going to have an ear and that's going to require something of you and me. Amen? So my question is, why do we need such an ear and how do we obtain such an ear? Those are the two questions I'm going to preach tonight or bring answer to. I believe the cardinal point, number one, that we need an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying is because Satan is influencing the masses by lies. And by a myriad of lies. A host of lies. Everywhere. On the political realm. In the news media. I mean, governments. People. You know, people live a lie. These people on all the social media outlets that are constantly trying to portray something that's not them is a lie. The very fact that you have to filter what you look like to make you look better says you're living a lie. I remember my sister, she, and I'm not trying to be funny, but it is kind of funny. I said, she, she showed me a picture of someone that one of my nephews was dating and I said well she's not a bad looking girl she said she don't look like that in real person she said she's filtered and I looked and I thought yeah she's filtered it's a lie but what I'm trying to say is that that's the day and age that we're living in that's why we have to have a spiritual ear because the the devil is the father of all lies and that is what's going to be the uh, uh Central th thread and the end time is lie, 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 deception. That's why Jesus said that we needed to be very careful because even the very elect could be deceived. I don't want to be deceived. That's why we have to have a spiritual ear because there's a lot of lies going around. Why we need such an ear is because Satan counterfeits everything. He's never had a... Uh, original idea or thought. Never. He's never had an original idea or thought. Everything the devil has ever done has been counterfeited. Remember this. Satan, Lucifer, is a fallen angel. He is a created angel that fell and rebelled against God and took one-third of the angels of heaven with him. And if you think he doesn't have an influence, just imagine this. One-third of the angels that have seen the splendor of heaven left with him. So you can be deceived. I can be deceived. That's why we have to have a spiritual ear. You understand? But he's a master counterfeiter. He's a master that perverts and twists all things. And if faith comes by hearing the word of God... Deception, confusion, deception and confusion comes through every ungodly voice. If faith comes by hearing the word of God or a message preached under the unction of the Holy Ghost, a, a spirit-filled person speaking or testifying or witnessing, if faith comes to you, that way, then I can tell you the influence of the, of the enemy and the deception comes through confusion or deception and confusion comes through every ungodly voice that we hear. 
And you know, some, some voices that, that, that are, are sounding out there, they're very demonic. They're, they're, well, they're demonic, and they, they, they will take people to a depth of demonic activity and a demonic oppression and bondage and all these things. But there are some voices that their only job is to make you and me just be lukewarm. They don't appear demonic. They don't seem or feel anything. They're just, they seem positive or they seem very natural or whatever, just normal, just part of life, but they're a lukewarm uh, there's, a, there's a spirit that wants to bring you and I into a lukewarm state, and that's their end goal. So there's these things that we would never touch. Go, oh, my gosh, that's demonic. I'd never go there. But then there's, there's voices and things that the enemy will lure you into that you didn't even realize that it's pulling you away. And I'm going to give you an example, okay? There are things... There are things in the, in the diabolical, when I say diabolical, witchcraft or, or demonic activity, pornography, the depths of hell, and, 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 and just as low as you can go, you can imagine, you go, I would never touch that. But yet there might be something that you're listening to that seems harmless, yet it's political, but it's pulling you away from the fervency in God and causing you to be lukewarm in your walk. You're not on fire for God, you're on fire for something political. Now folks, just stay here with me. Don't get ticked off at pastor. Because I'm telling you the truth. Amen? If you're listening to KFI more than you're listening to, say, a preacher or the Word of God, then you're listening to a voice that's pulling you into a lukewarm state and position. It's the Holy Ghost. He's talking to us. So if faith comes by hearing God's word, deception and confusion and lukewarmness will come through every ungodly voice. News, social media, YouTube experts, because there's millions of them. So many voices. And they make us feel a certain way and we accept it. We've got to be very careful. In the day we're living in, we have to have that, that spiritual fine-tuned ear. When Jacob deceived Isaac, remember in the book of Genesis in chapter 27, verses 21 through 23, Jacob deceived Isaac. He, 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 he deceived his own brother, but then he began to go and deceive Isaac. And he said, while Esau's away, I'm going to go and I'm going to kill a goat, I'm going to cook it up just like my brother did because I want that blessing. And he began to take the fur from that goat and he put it on his arm. And he walked up and he began to feed, oh, Isaac, that venison. He began to feed him that meat. And he said in that scripture, and I'm not going to, you know what, I am going to read it to you because I believe that we need to read the scripture so we know where they're at. But in Genesis chapter 27, I want you to turn there with me. Genesis 27. This is what the scripture says in verse 21. It says, And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee. Did you hear that? Feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And I know there's a whole lot more to this whole story of Jacob and Esau. And the blessing and all of that concerning the birthright and all of that. I know that. But in this particular story and context, Isaac could not discern between what he felt but he did discern with what he heard. But he began to reject what he heard and went on what he felt. Be very careful because a lot of times people will say, well, I felt, you know, it felt good. It felt all right. Or this is how I feel. Well, how you feel is one thing and, how God's, and what God's word says to us may be something totally different. You can't go with how you feel. Because sometimes your compassion or your, your empathy for somebody may be in total contrary, uh, maybe in, in total contradiction to God's word. Okay? Okay, I'm going to give you an example, okay? You know the Bible's very clear, and, and the worldview is not what I'm getting ready to tell you, but God's view is homosexuality is a sin, it's a sin. 
The Bible says it's a sin. Okay, it's run rampant in our nation. It's run rampant in the world. But it's a sin. Adultery is a sin. Sex before marriage is a sin. Anything that's outside of the guise of marriage between a man and a woman that God has blessed and ordained, I can tell you, or a man and a woman that's been joined together in legal marriage is a sin. Okay, but you'll have people that'll say, well, you know, people don't understand the way they feel. or whatever. I'm going to tell you something. God did not send his son to die for our sin, for us to, to make statements like, uh, you don't understand, or to say, God understands the way I feel. No, that's why he died on an old rugged cross, so that we could be freed from the bondages of sin, not make excuses, allowances, and compromises. I'm going to preach it one day, and I don't know when, but I'm going to preach it. Entitled, Is Anything Sin Anymore? Because it seems like nothing's sin anymore. You can drink and be a drunk, and you're still going to heaven. You can smoke pot all day long, and you're still going to heaven. You can live any way you want to, live together with, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, have sex, do whatever. You can do all kinds of, of horrible, horrific, sinful uh, you know, uh, transgressions and sins, but nothing seems to be sinful anymore. Nothing. You can go to the casino and gamble. You can do anything you want to do and still go to heaven. I've come to tell you when you're a Christian, you live like one. You live like one. So with that being said, when Jacob deceived Isaac, he said, you feel like Esau, but you sound like Jacob. You should always go with the discernment that God gives you from the word of God and what you hear. That's why we have to have a spiritually in-tuned ear so we can hear God's voice. You know, we must have that spiritual ear. In Proverbs 20, verse 12, this is what it says. Proverbs 20, verse 12. He says this in the word of God. He says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye the Lord hath made even both of them. The seeing, the hearing ear, I'm sorry, and the seeing eye, the Lord has made even both of them. He has made your spiritual ear also. He has given you that ear of discernment. He opens up our blinded eyes so we can see spiritual things. The Bible says in Psalms 40 verse 6, David said, God opened his ears. God knows how to open our ears that we can hear the word of faith. We can hear the truth. We live in a day where there's too much noise. We need for God to speak to us. But the reason that we cannot, we cannot hear with spiritual ears is because there's too much noise going on. In 1950, this is a fact. In 1950, scientists did study on the ambient noise level of the earth. In other words... The noise that the oceans make, the, the noise that the birds and the wind uh, as it rushes through the trees, the noise of everything that's always been here upon this earth, and it's always stayed the same. It's always been at a, roughly around a 50 decibel level is what they say, studies show. But the external noise or that which is man-made, okay, it adds to that decibel of just ambient, normal noise that goes on in the earth. Whether there wasn't a human being, a factory, a car, an air conditioner running, a fan running, no kind of a drill, no kind of a mill, nothing. You're going to have a 50 decibel, okay? But in 1950, you had to add 20 more decibels to that to, uh, to bring it up to the level of the noise level with natural sound and man-made sound. Today... It's 92. The scale went from 70 of totality to 92. So it's doubled what noise that man has created through industry and cars and fans and airplanes and all other things has over doubled. So now we're at a decibel that's so loud, it's so bad. And this was in 20, uh, 2010. So I can tell you it's even louder than that now. Uh, the, the study that they have done 
uh, it's to such a degree that the, the WHO, and I know we don't have any confidence in the World Health Organization, but they said they are greatly concerned much of the population is going deaf because of the noise. The scientists' main concern is that the sea life and the mammals are going to be affected by the extra noise. Of course, it's never about human life because the devil always focuses on creation and never on the eternal creation. That's why they'll abort babies, but they'll spend billions of dollars to save a little turtle. You'll go to jail or prison for, 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 for doing something abusive to a dog and I, or, a, or an animal. And I don't think anything like that is, is acceptable. I don't want to see any animal be hurt. What I'm saying is that a human life has lost its value when you can just throw it out like you're expelling something from your body, like urine or vomit. And that's all it is. It's just, a, it's just you know, something that you spit out. And yet they, they look at the animal kingdom and they say they're so much higher. What they're saying is, is, is that the creation is valued at a greater value than human life that has an eternal soul. That's a lie that the, that the enemy has sold and, and crammed down the throats and influenced this world to believe. And, and when I read that, I thought, Lord... There's so much noise, getting back to my message, there's so much noise going on. And they're less concerned about the fact that half the population is losing their hearing. They're more concerned with the animal life that their ecosystem is being molested or affected and troubled. That's where we're living. So why do we need spiritual ears? Number one, because there are so many influencers crowding out the voice of God. Amen. This God's talking to us. This is the last day message to the churches. Revelation has always been God's last message to the church. This is the message that you need to hear. When a man is on his deathbed and he's laying there, the words that he speaks in his final testament and his final words are the words you need to listen to. Amen. That's when people say everything that they've ever wanted to say without a filter, without worrying about what people are going to think. They just say things like, I'm sorry, I was never the dad I should have been, or sorry, I was never the mother I should have been, or I'm sorry for all the things that I did. You'll notice, I did hospice for many years. People will call people in that they want to make sure their conscience is clear and clean. And, the, and, and their final words are something that you need to really listen up. Jesus said, listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church. If you have ears to hear, that means you have to be in, uh, purposeful about having ears to hear. Spiritual ears. So, we must be intentional with hearing. We must be intentional with wanting to hear. We must do what, what we're supposed to do to have those spiritual ears. So what are we supposed to do, Pastor? Well, in a noisy world that we live in, we need to be intentional with quiet time. We must have quiet time. You know, not just so you can say, I've had my God time. Okay, all right. I know but what I'm saying is that you need to have your God time and it needs to be quiet. Unless you're worshiping and you're listening to a worship song and you're praising God. You know, and I, I play worship music sometimes and I praise God and I worship God. But there has to be that quiet time because you need to hear what God is saying. What He's revealing through the words in the Bible that you're reading. What He's speaking to you in prayer. You need to hear that. You've got to hear that. So we must be intentional with our quiet time. We will never hear the still small voice of the Lord while competing voices overpower it. You have to say, God, I'm giving you this time. It belongs to you. That's why you got to get up early. 
before everybody else gets up and starts calling you or starts bothering you or before everything else. You got to get up. And that's why Jesus was up early, early in the morning. And he had all night prayer meetings, but he would pray early in the morning. He would meet with God the Father. And if he did it, we have to do it. But you're never, you're never going to hear the still small voice of the Lord while there's competing voices that are overpowering him because you allowed them to overpower his voice. We will never hear the rustling of the mulberry bush, which is God's indicator of victory, if we do not let bring ourselves to a place of quiet time or silence where we're listening for the Lord to speak. Remember, David said, how are we going to know when to go forward and attack the army? And God said, when you hear the rustling of the mulberry bush, well, if you're listening to all these other sounds, you're not going to hear the rustling of the mulberry bush and know when to go and what to do. You have to have that quiet time. And that's such a cliche. It's a, it's a modern-day spiritual coined phrase for your devotional time, but it really must be a quiet time because you can't hear otherwise. How do we arrive at a place of a spiritual ear? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Leviticus 14, I want you to turn there with me. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus 14. How do we arrive at a place of a spiritual ear? Well, let me tell you first thing. If God said, he that has ears to hear, that means it's a supernatural thing that God does for you to have a spiritual ear. Because you're not spiritual unless he makes you spiritual. You haven't experienced the Holy Spirit unless the Holy Spirit comes to you. Remember, the Holy Spirit meshes with us in our spirit, but he is a total separate entity that becomes one with us. Okay? So, so in order for us to have a spiritual ear, there has to be that desire. There has to be that capability to be able to hear and discern. And all the outside noises have to be silenced. And you have to be purposeful and intentful that this is what I want. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to shut out all the voices around me. And I'm going to wait on God and hear what he has to say. But he has to touch your ear. He has to touch your ear and give you a spiritual ear. And in Leviticus 14, I just wrote this down. How do we arrive at a place of a spiritual ear? Our ear must be, uh, must be blood-dipped and anointed with oil. The ear must be blood-dipped and anointed with oil. I'm going to read you a scripture. In Leviticus 14, verse 25, the Bible says, and God speaking through Moses to about Aaron and, and the priesthood. And he said, And he shall kill the lamb of the trespass offering, and the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering, put it upon the tip of the right ear, which the right side always represents authority. Okay? I can do so much more with my right hand. And if you're a left-handed person, don't come up and say, well, you know, I'm a left and I can do this with my left hand. According to the scripture, the right hand is always the place of authority. Okay? So he says, He shall kill the trespass offering, and the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering, put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of the right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And the priest shall pour of the oil into the palm of his own hand, and the priest shall sprinkle with his right finger some of the oil that is in his left hand seven times before the Lord. And the priest shall put of the oil that is in his hand upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the place of the blood of the trespass offering. Why did I say that to you? Because it is clear that the spiritual ear is just that. It's not based on the natural intellect, man's wisdom, or logic, or reason. It is an ear that has been touched with the blood and the anointing oil. And the ear that is touched with the blood filters everything. 
when your ear is, when in essence, blood touched, and I know that we don't take a literal blood and place it upon our ear, but we say, Lord, I accept you as my Savior. I ask you to cover me in your blood. And you need to pray and say, Lord, cover my mind in the blood. Cover my ears in the blood. Cover my eyes in the blood. You know, cover me in your blood and let everything that comes through my hearing be filtered through the blood of Jesus. Amen. So it's an ear that filters everything through the blood of Jesus and the anointing of the Spirit of God is upon that ear. Not only is it something that has come by way of the authority of the cross and the power of the cross, but the power in the Spirit of God upon your life. Gehazi, whenever he left and chased after Naaman, Elisha knew exactly what he did. He said, when you left, my heart went with you. In other words, he had a spiritual ear that affected him so much he knew. He had a spiritual perception. Because I can tell you, we can hear things. And what we hear, I can tell you, tells us a lot of things about what's going on in the spiritual realm. Ananias and Sapphira thought they fooled the prophet. They thought they fooled Peter. But uh, they found out you don't lie to the Holy Ghost. You can try, but you don't lie to the Holy Ghost. And so... uh, David uh, was confronted, or not confronted, but approached by a widow that Joab had sent to him concerning Absalom to bring him home. And at the end of that conversation, David said, uh, Dear widow, did uh, Joab put you up to this? And she stood back and she thought, Oh man, he just, he just read my mail. He said, I know exactly it was Joab that put you up to this. And because God gave him a spiritual ear. To discern and to know. When Moses and Joshua were coming down the mountain. And they heard the children of Israel. And they were dancing around the golden calf. Naked and worshiping the calf. As if the calf brought them out of Egypt. Joshua said. There's a war going on down there Moses. That's what I hear. And Moses said hold on Turbo. (laughs) Easy, Turbo. He said, that's not the sound of war. That's a party. I don't hear that, Moses. I don't care what you hear, Joshua. This is what God has given me the fine-tune ear to hear. Amen. You know, we need to be very careful because a lot of times the enemy will deceive us through the things that we hear or the things that sometimes people say to us too. Be very careful. Be very careful. I had a, a situation one time. I was in the youth, and there was a, a situation where there was several of the kids, and they were, this was, this was back in the 90s, and there were three or four of the boys, and they were, they were caught smoking pot. That's what we found out. And, and so uh, they brought them in, and, and, and they were exposed. But there was one particular individual that, I mean, he stood his ground. I did not. I did not. I did not. And the people in the room, you know, even myself, you know, I was, I, I, my compassion was like, well, you know, I guess we need to show mercy. I Not guess. We need to show mercy and be compassionate. And, but as I sat there in the chair, the Spirit of God said, he's lying. He's lying, and he's fooled everybody just about. But he said, I want you to confront that and say, you're not telling the truth, you're lying. Well, I put it all out there, and I said, you know what, son? I said, you're not telling the truth, you're lying. And I know you're lying because the Holy Spirit told me you're lying. And all of the the people that were there, even some of the leaders, they looked at me like, you know, Jonathan, you've kind of stepped across the boundary here. You're coming on pretty strong. And I said, no, you're lying. And I know you're lying. And that person burst in tears and started crying. They said, yeah, you're right. I'm lying. And I thought, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm so glad. Amen. Because for just a minute, I thought, I'm getting ready to, you know, is this the hill I want to die on, you know? But I stood my ground. I said, no, you're not telling the truth. You're being deceptive. And I know you are. And... um, The Spirit of God will reveal that. What I'm saying to you is that in the day that we live in, mom and dad, 
You need to have that spiritual ear very close to God so you can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And He will tell you when your kids are involved in things that they shouldn't be involved in. He will reveal that to you so you can go in and you can begin to do some investigation and discovery and find out what's going on. That's why we need a spiritual ear because you may perhaps cause them to avert a time in their life where it would be destructive for them had you not intervened at that time. You've got to have that spiritual ear. You must. You must. You know, it's not just for discernment of a situation. It is hearing the voice of God like Moses did to leave the palms of Elam to move to the desert. Why in the world would we leave this oasis that we're at where there's some shade and there's some water and it seems like it's a perfect place to be because if you stay there, I'm just thinking for God and I know I shouldn't do that but I'm just thinking if you stay there you're not going to depend upon me but if I move you out to the middle of the desert where there's nothing, you have nobody but to depend upon me. You can't depend on your environment where you're at you have to trust me one time I was trying to get a building over here in the Pentecostal Church of God a couple times I, I joined them and I tried to be a part because I wanted that building over there and I'm so grateful for old men and women of God that sit in church and pray and just listen to God and I went up to Cleta Cook and she was a woman of prayer and I said Sister Cleta I want that building so bad but it just it just doesn't seem like it's working out but I want it I want to have that building it'd be a great facility she said why do you want it I said, well, it would be a great facility. She said, we have a facility. Why do you want it? And I said, well, why do you really want it, Pastor? And I said, well, I don't want to have to pay rent here anymore. She said, exactly. Exactly. I said, what's wrong with that? She said, there's nothing wrong with not having to pay rent. She goes, but let me ask you this. How many times has God ever failed to pay the rent? Ever. And I said, never. She goes, he's never, ever in 20, we're going to be here 23 years February. He's never, ever, 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 ever failed to pay the rent. She said, if you go over there, you know what? You're not dependent on God anymore. You're dependent on a property that's paid for that you don't have to trust God anymore. And she goes, that is where your preaching material has come from, from the testimonies and the faith and the stand for God that you've had to pray through everything. And that's why you preach like you preach because you've had to trust God. You don't have anything to depend on but God. And if that's removed... She said, you're going to lean on the arm of the flesh or what you can do on your own or what somebody else has done for you. But she said, now only God gets the glory. I said, Lord, you'll give us a building when it's time. And he said, you may just rent that thing till I come back. Because what do a lot of churches do? They invest in this building and then they have this building and the Spirit of God dies and you got a church that's filling up acres of land that has no revival, no life and is doing nothing. And they go, we left a legacy that we have a building. Big woo, what about the church? The church is the people. What about the ministry? What about the glory of God? What about people being delivered and set free and the ministry of salvation? What about that? Because I can tell you, when you stand before God, He's not going to care about four walls and concrete and windows and carpet. He's going to care about the lives that made it into eternity with God. Amen. And the faith and salvation. Oh. So, it's hearing the voice of God like Moses did. And when God led them out to the desert, guess what? He brought water out of the rock. Amen. Supernatural. It's hearing the voice of God doing what He says to do and trusting Him when He says, fill the valley full of ditches. There ain't no water and you want us to fill the valley full of ditches. And the next day the ditches were full of water. It's to make God a cake first. Make the prophet a cake first. 
He said, then your meal barrel will never run dry. It's depending upon God. It's hearing the voice of God. Elijah heard the voice of God. And he told the woman, this is what you must do. And she began to do that. And God began to meet her need. She didn't depend on anything. There was nothing to depend on but God. They were in a famine. Amen. So, a blood-tipped anointed ear is an ear that is in faith. Faith is the ear of the soul. Did you hear me? Faith is the ear of the soul. God begins to speak to you and he changes everything. I guess you could say faith is the ear to the spirit, but in essence the same, that which, amen, is eternal. That which directs and changes your life and and begins to provoke you and, and place you and drive you in a position to follow after God. Faith begins to speak to you and your spirit man changes course in your life. So faith is the ear of the soul, the ear of the spirit, the ear that hears to overcome, has total trust in the victory in the blood. You'll always come back to the source of victory. It is in Christ and Christ alone, and it's the blood. But touched by that, you have, by touched by that blood and anointing, I'm talking about that hearing ear, you're always going to have that faith because faith is a product of that whole work of God. You know, something spiritual happens when we receive the touch of the blood. God gives us faith to believe. It's like everything comes to a, 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 a meeting. It's, a, it's almost like a chemistry, if you will, where God begins to give you faith. You begin to read or hear preached about how that the blood of Jesus will wash you and change you and redeem you and save you. And, and all of that begins to happen and it begins to connect between the faith that God gives you, the word that he speaks that brings that faith and the power and believing in it, and then you begin to act. It's kind of like, brother, like that engine. you got to have air and you got to have gas and you got to have fire. And then it begins to boom. There's a chemistry there in that engine you know it's something powerful when that air and that gas and that fire begins to all come and meet at one place and that that engine begins to go it begins to explode in there you didn't know this probably because most of us don't even think about we just turn that car on but that's a combustion going on in there it's explosion going on in there am I right it's explosion all you motorheads it's an explosion Oh, Kyle cranked up that Harley. I mean, it's the loudest spike in La Habra, I think. Tom Kane says no. Amen. It's so loud, and it's just, you can hear it just sitting there shaking. It's just pop, pop, pop. Every, every time it pops and comes out of there, it's an explosion taking place. Gas, air, and fire came together. Faith. Amen. Faith that God gives to you, the truth and the power in what he did on Calvary's cross, I'm telling you, begins to ignite and you begin to act and move. Boom. It's awesome. It's awesome. That's why when we hear God's voice and something comes alive, have you ever sat under a preacher or somebody that shared a testimony or somebody, something and it just ignited you? Something come up in you. That's because that spiritual ear heard the promises of God and, and the word of God came alive. And you're like, that's what happens when people get saved. Amen. And if you're not saved tonight, your night. God wants to start your engine. Amen. all the Holy Ghost. Amen. Something spiritual happens when we receive the touch of the blood. God gives us faith to believe. We begin to respond and move. There is that activation. I love that word. Pastor Friday taught me that word. I've always heard of activation, but it activates. 
it activates. It comes alive. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, the Bible says, verse 40, and with many other words, this is after Peter comes down and he's preaching. And it says, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. I want you to see the connection here. For them to have received the word and it become active in their life and faith began to come alive, they had to have heard it. They had to have a, a, an ear that was open to hear. That's why you can convince an atheist and rip every argument out from underneath them and they still will not believe because you have to believe. You have to choose to believe. Notice the word and testimony declared. The message of the blood was gladly received and they began to be saved and baptized and the church increased. Matthew 11 verse 15, Jesus spoke these words. I'm not going to preach much longer so stay here with me. Matthew 11 15. He said, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It was as if Jesus was saying, These things are so clear and manifested before you that a man only has to hear them to be convinced and fully satisfied of their truths. Look through that whole book of Acts. You'll see people in a setting where they received it with gladness, they begin to see a change come, and then there were those that walked away. God knows how to activate that in your life. I was reading today in Acts 17, verse 11, and that's exactly the, the case. But Acts 17, verse 11, and it says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. We have to be people that begin to push out all of the noise. We have to have a blood-dipped ear, an anointed ear to hear. And God will begin to speak to us the things that we need to hear in our life and in this generation in church. Please hear what I'm saying because I'm not preaching a sermon to you. I'm not trying to walk around and just have something to pass a Thursday night to say to you, we have to hear God in our spiritual life in this age that we're living in. We have to hear His voice because there is all kinds of influential voices out there. They're demonic. They're trying to deter and change the trajectory of your life and God is trying to keep you on the straight and narrow. He's trying to keep you in tune so you don't get diverted here to the left or to the right but you stay spiritual. You have to hear the voice of the Lord and you have to have an ear that is spiritual that will hear. It has to be anointed. It has to be washed in the blood. Everything that comes through there, it must be filtered and holy through that blood. Amen. That's why you get convicted when you listen to worldly music. God is saying your spirit is telling you you are letting things in. The inlet the inlet of hearing and it will change your life. Come on. I'm going to tell you I already know the answer. You can just have a vulnerable moment and turn on some old music that you used to listen to and everybody's done it at one time or another. You say, I don't listen to that stuff no more. Okay, but there are people that can identify with what I'm saying. And that one moment of vulnerability where you let your guard down and you let something in, when you felt convicted that you shouldn't do it, it affected you. It wasn't the next day you were thinking something, doing something, saying something. Come on. Because it has an influence. There's a spirit 
on that stuff. Elton John said that he spoke witchcraft spells over his music. Brother Will showed that video on all those groups and singers throughout history that sang, the devil knows how to anoint his people too. But they're not anointed with the Holy Ghost. They're anointed with a demonic spirit. Amen. Amen. I was just talking to my wife tonight about how that people, seems like there's such a preoccupation with the demonic. And I'm going to tell you right now, you need to stay away from that stuff. Don't dibble-dabble in that stuff. Don't you be reading no horoscope. I don't care what it is. If it's even questionable, stay away from it. Stay away from it. There is no good witchcraft. There is no white witchcraft. It's all witchcraft. It's either the Holy Spirit or it's a demonic spirit. And if somebody's coming into your room from the dead, from the past, and they come and they appear before you and manifest, I'm going to tell you that's a devil. That's a demonic spirit. The people will embrace that and say, oh, they showed up and they talked to me in the middle of the night. I said, some devil walked through that door. That's exactly what it is. And you know what? I don't care if people get mad or they don't like it. I'm going to preach it. Amen. People dibble-dabble with that stuff. And that is, that is Old Testament Bible 101. Don't have anything to do with necromancers or witchcraft or soothsayers or any of those things. Tarot card readers and psychics and all that stuff. Stay the heck away from it. Run from it. Because the devil wants to influence people. It's Beyonce that said she takes on an altar personality. She steps out there. I'm telling you, she's demon-possessed. You say, oh, I like Beyonce. You need to get free. Amen. Amen. I had her out there. You could see the devil all over her face, and she got all mad about it. And I said, that's what you are. Why get mad about it? Go back and count your billions. Pastor, you shouldn't say that. Look, look, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. That is why we have to have a spiritual ear. Every one of us, I'm, I'm talking to you folks, I'm bringing it down here. Every one of us has the enemy that comes to us through different ways, means, whether it's social media or music, whatever. He's coming. Whether it's a relationship or a person or an old friend. You need to be very careful and have that spiritual ear in tune. Because the Holy Spirit will tell you, uh-uh, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't listen to that. Stay away from that. Because you're opening yourself up. And church people, church people, you need to be very careful who you listen to on the internet. You have a pastor that stands before you every week. And it may not be as sensational as you want, but I'm going to tell you something. This preacher's safe. Because I stick to that Bible. I don't divert from that Bible. I stay in that Bible. I'm not over here catching angels or finding feathers or gold teeth or gold dust or shooing devils up uh, chimneys or anything like that. I'm just coming here and preach the plain old vanilla gospel and it works. Many, 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 many people have been saved and delivered at this altar because of the classical Pentecostal gospel message. Okay? And I'm telling you, it's like the old-time religion said, give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. That's all I need. Amen. Amen. It keeps me in that altar. You say, if there's somebody that tells you, you know, you're in the altar all the time, praise God. There's a lot of people that never get in the altar. You never see them in that altar. Amen. And they'll sit on the church chair and act like they're pompous and pious. But I'm going to tell you right now, those that get in that altar are saying, God, I need you. I desperately need you. And I hear your, the, my ear is spiritually in tune, and I'm hearing your voice speaking to me. And it's a voice that's exercising me unto godliness and holiness and purity. Not, not, you know, whipping up a crowd for something that's not even gospel. It's something other than gospel. Amen. There are people, and, and hold on here. 
Some of you are getting ready to sink down in your seat. There are people that will go to a political event and they have more excitement at the political event than the church they do, they go to on Sunday morning. Amen. They'll go to a Trump rally, and, and believe me, I voted for Donald Trump. I'm behind Donald Trump. I, you know, or whoever is for holiness and righteousness and conservative views. Amen. Thank you, Patty, for the hand clap. <laughs> I'm a conservative. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a man who follows the righteousness of the Bible, not a political party. And I read what you stand for, and that's what I follow. And I don't apologize for that. I'm not going to vote down a party ticket. If there's somebody that's a different party, and they're a Christian, and they stand for that, I'll vote for them. Amen. But I'm telling you right now, there are people that will go to a political event, and they'll get more excited about that than they do when they come to church. You have to say, do I have that spiritual ear? And I know everybody's different. But I'm telling you, people act like a nut. They'll go to their ball game. They'll go to whatever, and they act crazy. And they come to church, and it's like, you know, come on. Where's that excitement for God? Where's that excitement for God? Amen. I'm not even saying you got to jump and run around the building. I'm just saying show something. Give me something here. Sister, give me something, brother. You know, come on. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit here. I'm too excited. Amen. It is the powerful living word of God that brings faith. We must have ears to hear that shut out the, ex- the external influences, put a premium on quietness. And have our ear blood dipped and anointed with oil, allowing faith latitude to activate and work in our lives to where we gladly and quickly respond, believing and accepting this is the word of God. That's the thing. People will sit in church week after week. I've watched it for 22 and a half years. They'll sit in church, tears streaming down their face. The, the problem is, is they don't get up and say, I'm going to gladly receive the word of God. They sit there when if they would, and they're wanting to, but they will not. God is saying, when you hear that voice of God speaking to you, move, move. Amen. You've got to act quickly. Be quick to obey Be quick to respond. Be quick. We will only hear God's voice that will overpower Balaam's voice, the voice of the Nicolaitans, the voice of Jezebel. Those are all three different characters that Jesus spoke about that was affecting the church. They all represent something. Okay? They all represent something. And I don't even have time to go into all of that because it's already time to go. It's past time to go. But I'm going to close with this and say, you will only hear God's voice that will overpower Balaam, Nicolaitans, Jezebel, if we on purpose, on purpose, with intent, seek to have ears to hear. And we must get alone with God and let God speak. And he will talk to us. Me and Brother Roger were at the door. We, they put one of those springs, him and Lorenzo, I think. Or maybe it was Walter. I don't even remember. But we put them springs on the door. They did. I watched. And it's great. But after a day, that door would try to go, Nyeh! and I thought, Lord, we can't have that while I'm preaching. Amen. So... We tried everything. We put oil. We put WD-40. We did everything. It's yeah. And so me and Roger are sitting there. We, and I said, we got to figure out where this is coming from. We got to figure it out. And, and, and we both were kind of at different ends of the spectrum where it's coming from. But let's turn the air off. Let's turn the fans off. Let's get everything quiet. We come here at night. We open that door up. And I said, brother, it's coming from down there. And Roger said, I think it's coming from up here. I said, it's coming from down there. You got to get your ear down there. So here me and him are on the floor. We got our ear to that 
door hinge. And we opened, yeah. I said, there it is right there. Because everything was shut out. We got down there where we could hear. And I said, you know what? Not only did we find out that it wasn't the hinge that needed oil. It was the hinge that was moving too close to the door frame. I said, that's the problem. It's not, it, it doesn't even need oil. It needs to be moved away an eighth of an inch. So we began to whittle that thing down. And lo and behold, the noise is gone. You're never going to know what the answer is, except you're quiet and you listen for God. Okay? It's not going to happen with you reading your Bible and on your phone at the same time. Get off of it and give God the time. Is he not worthy of it? He is. Amen. Father, tonight I thank you for the word. I know you talk to me. And Lord, I pray that each and every person that's sitting in this room tonight, that you will minister to their hearts and they'll take this word and they'll apply it. Lord, that they will be convicted, but yet with passion, provoked and moved to have that quiet time because, God, we cannot hear you otherwise. Please, please deal with the hearts and lives of each and every person. Deal with them. Minister to them. Let them play this back and hear it again. God, and apply these things. Anoint our ears. God, let our ears be touched with the blood because that's the only way we're going to hear the powerful words of the victory of the cross and the power of it is if our ears are anointed with that blood. I pray, Lord, begin to do that work in us. Give us that fine-tuned ear. And God, we will obey you as you speak to us. We thank you. Give us that revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight as you go. Shake hands. Be friendly. We love you.